0: Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary, I'm Father Reed. This week, we are going to look at Christmas Day and following, Christmas Day and following. And you'll notice on your listing of the scriptures for this week, it's quite voluminous. <laughs> There's a lot of readings. I am not gonna be able to go through every one of those texts because it would take, it would, the, the um, sharing with you would be much too long. So I'm gonna give you an idea of how to kind of work through this uh, in your reading, because the reading for uh, for this week is very very important. First, I want to wish you a very very Merry Christmas. I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful uh, Christmas day uh, with your family friends, church. I hope you're able to go to church Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and that you have really thought about and prayed about and are excited about and joyful about the incarnation, the uh, the fact that Jesus pre-existent. Not born in the sense that he didn't exist before his birth. Pre-existent in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. John 1, 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.14. He assumes human flesh. So he, he is one of us. All right? He is one of us. Uh, Emmanuel in Matthew. God with us. God with us. Uh, chapter 1 of Matthew. So God is with us. And... Uh, we have these wonderful readings in our daily lectionary that you see listed there from Christmas Day through the eve of Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is January the 6th, January the 6th. And on January the 6th, we experience the appearing of Jesus through the scriptures in Matthew chapter 2 concerning the wise men. When the wise men come and offer gifts of Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that is the key scripture uh, that we celebrate uh, as a feast day on Epiphany the 6th. And then first Epiphany, the first Sunday after the Epiphany, we celebrate the baptism of Jesus. On Christmas Day, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. On Epiphany, which is always January the 6th, which is obviously a moving date, as Christmas Day is, we celebrate the Magi and their gifts, and then on Epiphany 1, or the first Sunday after the Epiphany, after the Epiphany, which is January the 6th, the first Sunday is Jesus has started his ministry, and the start of the ministry is the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and we'll we'll look at that scripture in a couple of weeks, and that framework, that context in which Jesus is now going to appear before the world, and he is going to be sharing his message, the gospel. All right, let's go back to where we are presently. We are at Christmas Day. We are celebrating Jesus's birth, and you'll see the first Sunday after Christmas. Well, in this particular situation, and again, it's a movable feast, you know, it just depends on when Christmas Day falls, what the first Sunday of Christmas will be. But you see December 29th, then 30th, 30, then thirty one, the eve of the holy name. The holy name, the holy name of Jesus is always celebrated on the 1st of January. And that is the date that Jesus is circumcised as a male, Jewish male. His parents circumcise him. And he's given the name Jesus. And that's where you, you name the child. And of course, Jesus is the Hebrew for Joshua. Yeshua is the way you say that um, in Hebrew. And he is going to save us, as I said earlier, from our sins. He is going to be the Messiah. He's going to be our Savior, which is great. Then you have the second Sunday after Christmas. Assuming you had a second Sunday after Christmas, sometimes you don't in the liturgical calendar, depending, again, when Christmas Day falls. And then we look at January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and then again, we're back to the eve of the Epiphany, which would be January the 5th, and the 6th would be Epiphany, and we'll be starting that uh, after uh, this week. All right, now you'll look at the series of scriptures. You have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament, and you have the Gospels, and you'll notice, for example, in the Old Testament, you've got Zechariah, you've got Isaiah, which we've been looking at, you've got Genesis 17. You've got Genesis 12, you've got Genesis 28, Exodus 3, Joshua 1, Isaiah 66. All of those scriptures are great. They're all great. They're all wonderful. They're all very, very important scriptures in the canon of the Old Testament. You look at the New Testament scriptures, 1 John 4, 7 to 16 about the gift of love, the Hebrews 2, Revelation 1, the beginning of Revelation. Last week we looked at Revelation 20, 21 and 22 back to Revelation 21 again, and then we look at Colossians, 1 John, Hebrews 11, about the faith, the great faith chapter, Um, and then Romans 15. In the gospel readings, we're looking at one gospel reading from Matthew. You see that in the first Sunday after Christmas, Matthew 1, 18 to 25, which is the birth of Jesus, and I've quoted a few scriptures from that text. John chapter 3, 31-36. to 36. Remember, we, last week we looked at John 3, 16-20. This time we're looking at the end of John. Then John 7, John 8, John 16, John 6, John 10, John 14, John 15. So John John's a very, very important uh, book that the lectionary uses, Sunday lectionary. Also, when we are into Easter or Christmas, uh, they love to use the wonderful verses from John. So, Let me just encourage you to enjoy this reading. Notice that it is more reading than usual. We're going to get back on track in a couple of weeks, but it's more reading than usual. And you're following those days. Okay? You're eventually going to have a situation where you're going to run into the epiphany and following. But when you get to the week of first epiphany, as I mentioned to you, then we'll be fine. Uh, So if you find yourself doing more reading, don't worry about it. Those scriptures are great, and I hope that you have a wonderful opportunity to listen to the Lord and to pray as you are reading. So enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy um, the days after Christmas as you reflect upon what Christ has done for you in t- coming as a babe in Bethlehem, and born in a manger to uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, supernatural birth. He's finally coming to the world. The Messiah has finally come. And the scriptures are jubilant about that fact. All right, let's look at some of the scriptures. Zechariah chapter 2, 10 to 13. 10, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. Perfect way to start. He is dwelling in our midst. He is dwelling in the midst. He is dwelling before before us. And he is with us. God is with us in Christ. 1 John chapter Four, and I think what I'll do is I'll just go through some of these or try to get as many as I can very briefly about God being love. And there's not hardly anything you can say better than that uh, in, uh, on Christmas Day than our love for one another. Uh, beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And so we need to love one another. We need to love God. We need to show the love of God. We have seen and testified, verse 14, that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Yep, he sent him, and it started on Christmas Day. Prophesied by the Old Testament prophets, and uh, John the Baptist um, prepares him, as we'll see in Epiphany and Following, prepares us for his coming with the proclamation about his coming and to repent and be aware of his coming, we love because he first loved us, and we are so grateful that he has done that. At the end of John's Gospel, now I'm gonna just gonna take I'm just gonna go across and we'll just hit everything um, and do this kind of in a different way than we normally do it. In John three thirteen, he who comes from above is above all, he who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. The Father loves the Son, verse 35, and has given all things into his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. About as simple as you can say it. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is the importance of Jesus, the importance of his life, importance of his message, and the importance of knowing him. Eternal life or eternal death. In the next series of verses, Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. I made a couple of references to those scriptures. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, verse 18, took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now that created a lot of problems because she was with child. They had not come together to consummate the marriage. And so how in the world could she have a child without the aid of a father? Well, as I said, Last week, in Luke chapter 1, we have the coming down of the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You will call him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, the great Matthew 121. And this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. And that's from Isaiah. We've been looking at Isaiah chapter nine, which means God with us. There's the famous 23rd verse at the end, Emmanuel, God with us. And so she gave birth to his son, and they called him Jesus. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Go to Revelation, chapter 1. Let's look at a couple of verses from Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Verse 4, grace to you and peace from him who, who is, who was, and who is to come. Is, was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on earth. So now we've gone from the birth of Jesus to the glory of Jesus and the ruling uh, action of Jesus. He is above all else. So birth, now if you want to go before birth, you can go into preexistence, as I said last week about John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Revelation chapter one nine to twenty. A voice was speaking to Me, a voice was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands was one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool and white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell down on, at his feet as though dead." Fear not, I'm the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. So he's already worked through the death of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, the session of Christ, and now he is the ruler. So in this Christmas season, we're setting, we're celebrating different parts of Jesus' life. And what I love about the Daily Lectionary is the number of scriptures that we get to look at to see the complete whole, to see the complete picture of what God is doing in Christ Jesus. And so we looked at Revelation chapter 1 and we see these wonderful verses. In John chapter 8 let's go to John chapter 8 12 to 19 Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will have the light of life. There's a great scripture on Christmas Day from Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And now Jesus is the light of the world. So there's a connection between that great prophecy by Isaiah, the light coming into the world, in Christ and if you remember last week when we talked about revelation those last couple of chapters we saw that the light was the glory of God so there's a connection again between walking in darkness without Christ walking in the light of Christ and then having that light illuminate all of heaven and the no need of sun or moon or any other kind of celestial Uh, being or celestial object, but the glory of God is present in all of its glory. Revelation 21. We looked at Revelation last week. We see this on the eve of the holy name. Revelation 21, 1 through 6, this new heaven, new earth. First heaven, the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven with God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Can't wait. And their death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning or crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new, verse five. So this wonderful testimony. So we are living in the present, and what's great about the future, knowing what the future is going to be, Revelation, is having the hope of the gospel and the knowledge of the gospel in the present that helps you to get through the day-to-day activities. So you're able to simultaneously look at the past, what God has done for you in Christ, where you and I are in the present, this day, this time right now, and then what Christ will do in the future and how we fit into that program in the future. It's, it's very, very exciting. In Genesis chapter 17, we have the holy name of Jesus where we're celebrating the idea and the truth. Quite frankly, it's more than an idea, is the reality of circumcision. If you wanted to know where that came from, you go to Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. That's quite a chore. That I may make my covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. Go to verse 15. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah... S-A-R-A-I to S-A-R-A-H shall be her name. I will bless you and I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And this will be a great movement of God in their lives on this creation of this son that she, uh, that God is going to give them. And of course, uh, it's going to be Isaac. And from there the lineage of Abraham, uh, Abram to Abraham becomes evident. And of course, that eventually leads to David, which leads to this great covenant that God made by having the Messiah come through the line of David. Let's look at um, Genesis 12. How did we get this thing all started? We see Genesis 12 on January the 2nd. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will give you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God, Abraham did what he said. So that was the way that the Messiah born on Christmas Day was going to come. Through a people. And again, uh, eventually he was going to have to give them some land and then they were going to have to be a lineage and they were going to have to be obedient to the Lord. And then he would give them the law and he would give them the sacrifice, sacrificial system to deal with the reality of sin. This is what the Old Testament is all about. And we are uh, celebrating that as we go through these great scriptures from Christmas Day through the eve of the epiphany. In Hebrews chapter 11, I refer to this as the faith chapter. It's a great... Um, a lengthy number of scriptures by faith is the assurance, chapter 11, verse 1, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things invisible. And then by faith, Abel did this, and then we go in through a long list of people in the Old Testament who acted by faith. So, I I pray that your faith is growing. Your faith is maturing. Your faith in Christ is continuing to develop as we celebrate this Christmas season. Your faith in Christ is established. It's strong. It's on the foundation of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You are in Christ, the great in Christo from Ephesians and Colossians. You are in Christ. And um, you have and are developing a relationship with Christ that gets deeper and de- deeper. And these series of scriptures that we have today are opportunities for you and me to grow in our relationship with Christ as we think about what God did for us by sending his son to us, beginning with his incarnation. And so, chapter 11 is very much like that. In chapter 10 of John, you'll see on January the 3rd, of course, the Good Shepherd. In January 4th, we see. Uh, John chapter 14, let me look at that real quickly, please. John chapter 14, 6 to 14. Lord show us, uh, Philip says in verse 8, show us the Father. Jesus says, have I been with you so long? You still don't know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. When you see the Father, you see me. When you see me, you see the Father. Believe me that I am the Father, verse 11. The Father is in me or else believe on me on the count of the works themselves. And so, again, this relationship that Jesus has with the Father, the relationship the Father has with the Son, the relationship that Jesus wants to have with us, the relationship that Jesus wants to have with us, with the Father, and that's all guided and moved by the Holy Spirit. And so you see the Trinitarian action in our relationship with Jesus because he leads us to the Father. We have a relationship with the Father. And that's all been made possible by the power of of the Holy Spirit, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit opening our mind up to the reality of Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit leading us to repentance, the Holy Spirit leading us to faith, Hebrews 11, and the maturation of that faith. So as you work through these scriptures, I pray that you will enjoy them. I pray that they will be a blessing to you. I pray that as you go through these excellent texts that that are picked out for this holy season, that the Lord would speak to you and your relationship with Christ would be a significant one in your daily living and that these scriptures would help you and me to draw closer and closer to Christ. May the Lord bless you abundantly during this Christmas season. Enjoy the reading of the word of God, enjoy Uh, the worship of the Lord and the praise of the Lord and above all the thanksgiving to God for what he's done for us in Christ. we see you next week for the Daily Lectionary. God bless you abundantly.